0: This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello, and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Lauren Ward. Lauren, may the fourth be with you.
1: May the fourth be with you, Andrew.
0: Yeah, it is Star Wars Day, and I wanted to chat with you because it has come to my attention that you are Door County's resident Star Wars expert. Is that true? Would you cop to that?
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't know that I would say expert. That's that's pretty lofty. I would certainly say a fan. Uh, that's kind of grown into someone who knows a little bit about it. But as my son likes to point out. I'm really more of like uh, an old school fan because I'm not a fan of some of some of the things that have come out in the last few years. So
0: uh-huh, interesting.
1: I, yeah, I, I wouldn't call myself a, a broad reaching expert by any stretch uh, of the term for sure.
0: Well, Grace Johnson pointed out that you used to put Star Wars trivia as extra credit on some of your assignments when you were teaching at Gibraltar. <laughs> is that correct?
1: That, that is true. That is true. Much to the chagrin of some of my students who were not fans. You know, they, we'd sit down for a vocabulary quiz. And of course, all the, the test questions are vocabulary and grammatical in nature. But then we'd get to the end and there would be a Star Wars extra credit question. And always, every year, every class, some student would go, but I hate Star Wars or I don't like Star Wars. This isn't fair. And of course, you know, it's, it's not fair in that it's extra credit. So I always just said, hey, hey, it's extra credit. And if you want to get the extra credit questions, do yourself a favor and go watch the movies and then you'll right. start getting the questions
0: correct. Yeah, you were doing them a favor in educating them <laughs> in the broader world of Star Wars.
1: That's that's how I saw it. I don't know if everybody agreed with me, but
0: <laughs> well, if you won't if you won't attest to being the Star Wars expert of Door County, and I, I would say there may be uh, one other person who maybe rivals your fandom, uh, Dan Christie in Algoma, who's a member of the 501st Legion.
1: Oh, I don't
0: know, Dan. Oh, yeah, I I read a piece about him in The Pulse as I was kind of looking up some of your old writing that you've done for The Pulse on Star Wars uh, and Uh found out that we have a tried-and-true member of the 501st Legion, which means he has an, an officially... His Stormtrooper costume is so close to the actual prop replica that he is, you know, certified as a member of this legion who does a a bunch of charity work with children and all sorts of stuff. So he, he might be the one, the one fan who rivals you, Lauren.
1: Oh, rivals me, outranks me for sure. Although, you know, at school students used to make fun of me because I, any chance I had to use or put on one of my star Wars costumes that I have, I would, I would take it and you know, it'd be like homecoming week and it would be, fictional character day and I'd be walking around, you know, like Darth Vader, but I not, not nearly rising to the level of this gentleman from Algoma. Right. Um, that's pretty, that's pretty incredible. Good for him.
0: All right. How about this? You are the Door County Pulse podcasts resident star Wars expert, and we'll turn to you for any star Wars questions we might have on the podcast.
1: I will take it. All I'll right. take that. And <laughs> that's, that's good. Although I have to say there are other, there are definitely other Door County, um, Folks out there who, you know, this this is really going to date me and make me sound like a total loser, but that's okay. And I'm going to bring some other people down with me. There was a group of us back in, like, 2006, 2005, maybe. You'd have to ask Miles, who used to get together and play uh, Trivial Pursuit Star Wars Edition. Like, we did it, like, once a week in the winters up here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss some names out here. I apologize in advance because I didn't clear it with them, but I'm talking, like, Nate Bell, Adam Bewer. Um, Paul Wanish, uh, my ex husband Joel, we would sit around and we would play, we would play Star Wars Trivial Pursuit for like, hours and it was amazing we we had some good times
0: that is wonderful Uh, from what i know of those names i think that all tracks so that's it's great to hear (laughs) i you know it's funny you bring up star wars trivial pursuit because i feel like that was the defining moment of realizing how much bigger star wars was for me in my youth because Mm -hmm. i remember my sister and i were looking for like a fun trivia board game to play when i was much younger and i thought oh star wars i like star wars and then looking at the back of the box at some of the questions that were on there and feeling like I was reading a different language.
1: Mm-hmm. I was like,
0: oh, I guess maybe I'm not a very big Star Wars fan. And we'll, we'll talk about the different levels of Star Wars fandom here in a little bit. But I want to start back with kind of your introduction to Star Wars. What was your first Star Wars memory?
1: Mm, gosh, that's, that's a tough question. You know, I was born in 1981. So I didn't catch the, any of the original three in the theater, although, you know, Return of the Jedi came out, I think, in '83. And so I, I doubt my parents brought two year old Lauren into the, into the theater to see that. But um, we definitely had some awesome VHS tapes. So one of my earliest film memories is with Return of the Jedi. Um, sitting on my living room floor in Northbrook, Illinois, watching that over and over and over again, and I got really, really um, caught up too in the the spinoff series that they did for TV, which was the Ewok Adventure. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen those. That's I'm how My kids have all seen them. Okay, cool. And then the Battle for Endor, the the one that came after. Um, you know, I loved that because the the hero in those films was a little girl, Sindel, and I was a little girl, and I was like, oh, this is incredible. Um, but anyway, I would say the VHS the VHS version of Return of the Jedi, and then, of course, we watched all of them in my house a lot. And then, you know, growing up as a kid, I really got into it, and I would watch them a lot, and I would try to talk to my friends about it, and I think they all just thought I was a loser Um, you know, it's only in my, in my adulthood that I feel really proud of flying my, my freak flag a little bit when it comes to this, but I don't know if you remember this and I don't, I don't want to age you out, but right before they started releasing episode one, two, and three, when Lucas made those in the late nineties, early two thousands, they re-released out into the theater, Hmm. The original trilogy um, with, with some like updates now that Lucas had the the technology that he could actually have a little bit more fun and play with he made some some updates to the original three and then they released them out into the theater one at a time to you know get get people psyched for the episode one
0: right. and that
1: was that was like formative for me. I was in high school then I was like a sophomore junior senior in high school, and I remember sitting in the theater seeing those on the big screen for the first time and just feeling like the earth was moving and I know that sounds I mean the earth is moving but like I mean the whole world is moving but I I know that sounds kind of lame um but that's how I felt and that's how I feel about them. you know
0: no I it's interesting that you bring up your age and your generation because I feel like there are three generations of Star Wars fans I feel like you would be part of that first generation even though like you said you didn't see them in Theaters, You still grew up with the VHS copies. I would put myself in the second generation because my first Star Wars experience would be seeing episode one, the first of the, the prequel trilogy in theaters when I was mm-hmm. very young because I was born in 93. Okay, And then I feel like the third generation would be the people who are just getting into Star Wars now off of The Force Awakens and the sequel trilogy. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But I feel like there are three distinct generations of Star Wars fans. And maybe there's a fourth generation that's just on the horizon with this new Disney Plus stuff and The Mandalorian and those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad that you brought up that kind of the generational Thing, walk me through kind of what you were experiencing when Star Wars kind of came back in the the nineties and the two thousands with the the prequel trilogy. Because I know that the prequel trilogy is very contentious among all generations of Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and it, it is contentious, and and this is this is where you know I kind of show my colors. As I don't, you can you can equally call this like purism or just selective fandom, um, cafeteria fan style, but I I've seen all of them obviously, but I was leading up to 99. So 1999 is the year I graduated high school. So that spring, um, everybody had star Wars fever, you know, we were all just psyched for it to come out. And like I said, we had been, we had been slowly, um, watching the, the original episode four, five and six, come back to the theaters. And I was, I was pumped, you know, I had friends, um, who were equally jazzed about it. Like our, our senior video at my high school, they did like all of our, our awesome film students did like a star Wars theme and it's really cool. I've gone back and watched it. It's amazing. But anyway, you know, I saw episode one in, right away and was just like, ah, uh, I, I don't know. It was, it was, it was magic um, that it was George Lucas coming back. You know, he, he wrote it, he directed it, he produced it with, uh, you know, I can't remember his name right now. Um, it was all Lucas, and that was. I know that for him it was huge because if you go back to the late 70s and early 80s, the technology, the CGI was just not up to the expectation and the, and the vision that George Lucas had. You know, he wanted to do so much more. Um, and then he got a chance to do it and we were all, uh, I say we, the collective, we like fans were all excited that he had the chance to do it. But, you know, I really feel like, and I, and I feel about one, two and three still like he overshot it, um, as far as the technology, you know, if you look, if you look back to four five and six and you see the, the level of, of CGI and, and the, the technology and the, the vision mm-hmm. of what you can do in a in a galactic world, you know, it seems like it's almost like watching two different versions, I think. Um, and then there's the whole Jar Jar Binks controversy, which I'm sure you, you probably right. have something to say, you know, I couldn't stand him. I just, I could, I could not stand him. And, and I know people feel equally the same about C-3PO that he's just uh, annoying to listen to, but man, Jar Jar just took it to another level, and I I, I couldn't stand him as a character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, no, and, and,
0: I, I get what you mean, and it, it's kind of interesting because, like, the, the prequel movies are chronologically older than the original trilogy, and yet because of the increase in special effects budgets and technology, mm-hmm. they look so much newer and shinier and more advanced. And there's, like, a lore explanation for that, and then you know, civilization was brought to its knees and that kind of stuff. But it is right. kind of jarring to think like, oh, yeah, this is the prequel. And if you watch them in chronological order, it's, it's kind of weird to jump back and forth like that.
1: Yeah. And I feel
0: like that's something that, that was jarring for me as a kid, but not nearly as much anymore. I would say that when I look at the three trilogies, and, and this might be weird to say, but my favorite is the sequel trilogy that just came out. And mm-hmm. I, the prequel trilogy is my least favorite, even though that's the Star Wars that I grew up with. Right. In the, at the time, when I was a kid, I loved it. Looking mm-hmm. back on it as an adult, I have a lot of problems with those movies as movies. Mm-hmm. And the sequel trilogy I like a lot. I have a lot of love for the original movies, which I didn't have as a kid, but mm-hmm. I do have now. What, what are your thoughts on this newest three movies that have come out. And I'm sure your perspective is different on it because you have children who are probably watching them too, right?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And so, you know, what you said about like, I have problems with these as, as movies. I completely agree. Like just as films themselves, they, there was something lost in that. I think that, I think that, uh, the special effects became the story for a lot of them. And I know what I'm saying is very controversial for a lot of fans out there. By the time we got to episode three, you know, I, I like to watch the end of Revenge of the Sith and then right away watch A New Hope. And and there is some continuity there that I enjoy, but I feel like it took them until episode three to get anywhere with it. But that brings me to your your question, which is like, how do you feel about the new ones? I was not pumped leading up to The Force Awakens. I was worried. I was like... You know especially I don't know if you remember this, but when Disney bought it, I was like,
0: "Here we go, we're
1: gonna be seeing you know it's it's gonna it's gonna take away from the the original magic the sure. the joy of the of the whole saga and it's just gonna get lost in like a Disney haze of packaging and you know, selling toys to children. And I was just, I was jaded. I was crabby about it. And I had, you know, I'd have students asking me like, are you going to go see it? Are you going to go see it? And I was like, I don't even know. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into it, you know? And um, I think, I I think I wrote about this for the pulse right before it came out, but I was, I was down, I was down in Madison with the, with the girls volleyball program. We went down to, to catch a game um, and kind of just have the fun Madison volleyball UW experience, and we were, we were like killing time in a mall, and the girls were like, you know, costume hunting for Halloween or looking at homecoming dresses. And I was sitting in a bookstore, and uh, the cover of Vanity Fair had, it was Annie Leibovitz, of course, shot it, but it's like, you know, it's it's all of the original characters like lounging in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, and mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, this is, ooh, I, so I picked it up and I started reading, and I started reading for the first time about like the the evolution of how they got to making the Force Awakens and who who was behind it and what their what their like ethos about it was and then I started reading like oh like Lawrence Kasdan one of the screenwriters who who wrote um he wrote Empire Strikes Back you know he came back to write and you know we had all of these kind of original people coming back to to bring some some circling back to the to the original trilogy and I was like oh maybe they're actually gonna treat this with reverence and and vision and not just sell, you know, tickets and, and gear. Right. That it's maybe gonna be something something closer to um the the true magic of the original trilogy. And I loved it. I loved the Force Awakens. I loved The Last Jedi. I know that a lot of people criticize them for being too formulaic to A New Hope um, and kind of copying their own the own model. But the reason it's so good is because the model is so enduring and eternal. Right. I'm talking a lot. I feel like... I feel
0: no, like I, that's I, why I wanted to get your perspective.
1: I, I, yeah, um, obviously I have feelings
0: about it all. Sure. And I think when you talk about wanting to bring that magic back in and and treating it with care, I think that you can see that in The Force Awakens and, and all of the sequel movies in their use of film cameras and puppets and prosthetics right. in addition to CGI whereas where i feel like the sequel or the prequel trilogy fails as movies is that everything is on a green screen and right. every like everything that they can make CGI they do including all of the clone troopers like mm-hmm. there's a a bit of trivia out there that there wasn't a single piece of clone trooper armor created for those movies
1: Mm-hmm. because
0: every single one of them was CGI. And right. I feel like you lose that magic. Like a Star Wars alien isn't supposed to look like a real creature. It, you know, It's puppet quality from Jim Henson Studios. Mm-hmm. Like That is what makes it cool. And seeing mm-hmm. that come back in the sequel trilogy, I think was really important for getting those movies, um, to, to getting them over the hump of maybe Star Wars is over. Kind of thing right. that, that the prequel trilogy is really kind of disappointed a lot of people with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that formulaic nature for The Force Awakens, yeah, it is just a new hope again, but it kind of had to be like it really had to prove that it was going to do it right for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then I, I'm glad that you mentioned that you like The Last Jedi because I think the most controversial Star Wars opinion that you can have is to like The Last Jedi. And it's my right. favorite Star Wars movie. Because That's of true. how challenging it is. Yeah. And I, I feel like they really needed, they needed to do A New Hope again to get everybody on board. And then I feel like The Last Jedi was kind of an experiment to see how far you could push Star Wars in, in a different direction. And mm-hmm. that kind of shattered the fan base a little bit. And I, I, my wife's favorite Star Wars movie is the final movie of the sequel trilogy. Um, mm-hmm.
1: The Rise of Skywalker. Rise
0: of Skywalker. Um, that's her favorite movie of the whole Star Wars trilogy because it just, for her, it really brings it all home. And I know that that's contentious as well. I mean, everything I feel mm-hmm. like is contentious in modern day Star Wars fandom. Um, mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you what your, if you, if you could choose, what would be your favorite Star Wars movie?
1: So this is actually, this this is evolved because if you had asked me like 15, 20 years ago, I would have said Return of the Jedi, hands down. It's, it's, it's perfect, you know, in so many ways, I think it's, it's, it's an outstanding film. Um, even, even given all of the cheesy dialogue of Star Wars, you know, and all the things that it gets criticized for, I would say Return of the Jedi as I've, as I've grown up a little bit more and I've thought about, you know, what it, what it means to be a good film, my favorite you, I, and I've got I've got like notebooks where I like rank them all because that's that's how my brain works. But The um, Empire Strikes Back is my favorite, is my favorite as a film, and then Return of the Jedi comes pretty close after that, and then actually The Last Jedi is third for me. I I I know that it's like you said, it's a controversial opinion, and that the Force, everything you said, Andrew, is, is exactly how I feel. That The Force Awakens had to like prove to the fan world, all the fans, like my parents, us, my kids, like. We're going to do this right, these next three movies. Um, but I think The Last Jedi is complicated and interesting, and um, I, 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 think it's, I think it's a fabulous movie. Uh, and I would say after that, I would say The Force Awakens, then The Rise of Skywalker, and then you know, A New Hope is somewhere in that mix as well. And then 1, 2, and 3 are
0: in the dust. But. Right. Sure. Uh, so we, we talked a little bit about, like, what it means to be a Star Wars fan and the different levels of a Star Wars fan. And I, I've I've done a little bit of thinking on this, and I think that, like, your entry-level Star Wars fan is somebody who likes the movies and knows the main characters, right? Would you mm-hmm. agree that that's probably first level?
1: Yep, I would agree. I would say probably not all of the characters, but can name, like, Luke Skywalker, Leia. And probably know who like Han
0: Solo and C three 2 are, right? Maybe Chewbacca. Well, and I feel like the 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 levels of fan increase exponentially from there because then there's the fan that names that can name all of the planets that have been <laughs> mm-hmm. featured. Like I, off the top of my head, I know Hoth, Tatooine, Jakku. That's literally the three that I can remember off the top of my head. Are you the type of fan that knows all of them?
1: All of them? No. But you know, I bet you know more than that. Like, where where is where is Yoda? Where does he hang out in in the Empire? Where does where does Luke train?
0: Right, you know I, I don't remember the name offhand. It's a swamp planet. Like, I I, yeah. I can picture where it is, but I don't remember the name. You remember the name, of course.
1: Well, sure, it's Dagoba. But yeah. every, you know, right? Yeah, I don't know all of them. No, and you know, I don't know, like, like Chewbacca is from Kashyyyk. You know, I don't know where everybody is from. I don't know all of those, but. If they're, if they're in the movies, I
0: know them. Right. Well, that, w- that was it, at least not the extended, like the whole galaxy. But you know the planets that are featured and right. where things are. And I think the next step up is if you can name all of the different ships. Because every <laughs> one of them has a name. And I know mm-hmm. the Millennium Falcon. I know the X-Wing and the TIE Fighter. And if I really reach deep, I feel like I could pull a couple more from there. But mm-hmm. that's kind of where I bottom out. Do you know any of the other, like, do you remember what Leia's ship is called?
1: Oh God, no, I don't remember that. That's gonna, that's That would test me. Right. But you know, I think, I think as a, as a kid too, you see, you start to notice the difference. And this is something too, as you watch them over and over again and you think about them, the difference between like the Imperial ships versus the rebel ships and like the different shapes and the different styles and, you know, all of the things that go into creating those those governmental cultures and whatnot. But um, I can't name all the different kinds of Imperial Star Cruisers, you know, I can't name, you, you get a sense for like, the bigger genres of ships, but I am I am not to the level of, of geek that knows every single type of X-Wing or every single type of TIE Fighter. Right. Um, although I know I can tell the difference between a regular TIE Fighter and Vader's TIE Fighter, you know, but like those, that, that's That's a different level than I think the one you're talking about that our friend in Algoma probably can't
0: do. Right. Well, that's what I was talking about with the Trivial Pursuit box, like flipping that over and realizing, oh, my goodness, there's a whole world of content beyond just what's explicitly said in the movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you dug into any of the extended universe or read any of the books or anything like that?
1: I have read a few of the books. Um, and I have, you know, just because I'm interested in so much of it is fan fiction, right? So it's like, it's people just taking this, this construct of George Lucas's and just taking it in a million different directions. And a lot of that I saw evolve in the late nineties, early two thousands as the, as the new films were coming out and people just coming up with all of these fascinating stories and side stories, like you said, and I've done a little bit of tunneling, but again, like my son says, like you're you're uh you're old school. You're an old school fan, you know. So I don't I don't know that I've gotten too caught up in all of that. You know, I've I've only seen some of the Mandalorian. My brother-in-law is like, if you call yourself a Star Wars fan, you have to watch the Mandalorian. And I'm like, I will. I'll get there. I've seen some of it. Um, I really liked Rogue One. I loved Rogue One. Actually, we haven't mm-hmm. even talked about those or Solo. Um, I thought that Rogue One was awesome, and I was expecting to hate it, but I found it was so interesting.
0: Um, yeah, I, I almost I, forget to include Rogue One in my list of favorite movies because it definitely mm-hmm. is up there. It's fantastic. Right. Um, and then I, I guess my the way that I look at this is I will consume anything that's required in order to understand like the main canon of what's being shown. So like all of the movies, and then the Disney Plus series, which of, of which there's going to be like a dozen. Of the Mandalorian mm-hmm. just being the first. But then, right. I mean, there are name drops in the Mandalorian that make you have to go read the books. And <laughs> like that, I think is exciting because I, mm-hmm. in the, like, if you are Star Wars expert, I am Marvel expert. So like the Marvel movies is kind of where my wheelhouse is. Mm-hmm. And that requires a lot, a lot of time. Like you need to watch. 25 movies or something at this point, now two Disney Plus series, and then just also have a general knowledge of 60 years of comic books in your head right? in order to even parse what's happening in those movies and TV shows nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, But there, there definitely are some Star Wars books that I'm interested in. There was one that came out a couple of years ago called From a Certain Point of View, which is just a collection of short stories by prominent authors. Ooh, which I think is really I cool. Read that. Yeah, it's just uh, if the audiobook, I think, is really cool because they bring in a lot of different. I think Neil Patrick Harris does a section and John Hamm does a section, um, oh, but they're all just short stories uh, within the universe, not dealing with anybody in particular. It, like one story might just be from a Jawa's point of view, you mm. know, those types of things. Uh, and then there's the Admiral Thrawn books, which I've heard are excellent. And now, of course, he's being pulled into. The Disney plus side of things so it's it's like yeah Mm -hmm. you kind of have to know who he is and then there's the whole clone wars animated series where like Mm -hmm. if you want to know who Ahsoka Tano is for when she gets her Disney plus show you kind of have to watch all of that as well so Mm -hmm. I unless it was like super important for knowing what was coming next I kind of left it in the peripheries but mm-hmm. now it seems like with Disney+, Plus, they're pulling everything in and saying, hey, here's all of our popular extended universe stuff, and you right. got to know it now to watch what's coming next. So I think the future of Star Wars fans will look a little bit different. I feel like if you're just watching the movies, you're going to be missing out on what Star Wars has in the future.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say, you're, I feel like I should be interviewing you now. I mean, you—you you clearly you've got you've gone down the rabbit hole, man. And good for you. There's so much content out there, like you said. And I think maybe this is maybe this is the generational difference between like the 10 years between you and me being born. Is that so much of this is nostalgia for me, and it's like it's like emotional. And uh, sometimes I get like overwhelmed by how much has happened and how much how many offshoots there are, and how you can just you could spend months of your life in the Star Wars universe, you know, between books and, and series and whatnot. Um, and maybe, and I, lo- I love listening to you talk about how you consume it all. And I, I don't know that I'm driven to consume it all like that. I think it's all interesting and I'm excited for the new things coming out, but um, it's fascinating. Like you said about Marvel, you know, my, my 12-year-old niece knows more about the Marvel world than I do. And, um, you know, my my husband likes to make jokes about like, oh, mom's talking about Star Trek again. You know, he always like throws in, he thinks it's funny to like call Star Wars Star Trek and pretend like it's not a big deal. And there's that whole world too of the, of the Trekkies, you know, which is, is a whole different right. animal. But um,
0: Well, I, I appreciate that. But again, it, it comes from 13 years of rigid conditioning watching these superhero movies <laughs> that literally will not allow you to miss one or else you won't know what's going on. So like I said, it's like 23 movies are part of the initial like infinity saga. And there's very, very few that you can miss in order to actually know what's happening. And- we could have a larger conversation about what the Marvel movies have done to cinema and if that's Mm -hmm. a good thing, but like that's the kind of stuff that I get excited about now. So like when I'm watching the Mandalorian and they drop just a name of something that's greater and people are like, Oh, I wonder who that is. And I'm like, I know who that is because he's from a book that came out six years ago that nobody knows about if you just, you know what I mean? Like I (laughs) get excited about that kind of puzzle box style media consumption. And I know that that is not for everybody in any way, shape or form. But like, I guess it's cool for me that Star Wars is starting to do that a little bit because I, like I said, I've got 13 years of experience playing that game. So I know how to to consume it moving forward. And I get excited by those little adrenaline hits of like, oh, they just name dropped this cool thing or, oh, what are the implications for this thing coming back? Um, Like you had talked about Solo. That movie, my favorite part of that movie was when they dropped, and this is a spoiler, I guess for anybody who hasn't seen Solo, if you don't want a spoiler for Solo, jump ahead like 30 seconds in the podcast. But when they (laughs) dropped Darth Maul in there Mm -hmm. and you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, what, he's alive? Yeah, you had a whole series of Clone Wars shows to watch to get his story. And like that kind of stuff is really exciting for me. And I like I said, I know it's not for everybody. There's a lot. My sister included is she's a pretty big Star Wars fan, but she will definitely either ask her husband, who is a huge Star Wars fan, or call me and be like, hey, what was this thing? Who was this person? Mm -hmm. Should I know this thing? My dad and my sister both will call me, After every new Marvel thing and be like, what was this part here? Who is this? Why should I care about this? And then I just Mm -hmm. go off on my tirade about why everything is so cool and interconnected. But like I said, that's why there's different levels of Star Wars fan. And I wouldn't say, by the way, that the more invested in it, the more of a fan you are. I think it's totally fine to just appreciate the movies and nothing else. I think mm-hmm. that, that the movies stand on their own as something to be a big fan about. And if you want to dig deeper, there's a lot of ways that you can do that, especially with the old extended universe, which is like, you know, 30 years of content that most people haven't even heard of books, comic mm-hmm. books, radio dramas, all that kind of stuff. Um, I just think it's cool that this is a world that allows you to, to take as much as you want from it.
1: Yeah, that's a really good way to think about it. That it that it, it's it's all there for you if you if you want it to be. And the reason that like the Star Wars universe and Marvel universe, I'm sure, even though I don't know as much about it, the reason that they do stand on their own and, and you can continue to um, develop this content is is because they're 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 mythological, right? I mean, so they're the construct of what it is and what what the storylines are. It's it's what it means to be a human, you know, even though they're, they're sci-fi in nature. um, It's that that storytelling is, is, is timeless. And so it's why, it's why people are so connected to it. And, you know, people ask me that all the time. They're like, well, why should I care? You know, it kind of sounds like, I think a a different tone of what your, your family members are asking you about, like, why do, why do I need to care about this so that I can understand it or whatever? But like, why, why care? Why care about all of this so much? Like, it's just, Aren't they just like movies, like sci-fi movies? And it's yeah, yeah, they are, but it's it's something it's something more than that. You know, the the framework of the the stories are are legend. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty it's pretty incredible.
0: Well, and I mean, famously, A New Hope is just the hero's journey step by Mm -hmm. step, and like there's a reason the hero's journey is the you know the pinnacle of classic storytelling that it is, and there's a reason why Star Wars works so well distilled down to literally just the hero's journey step by step. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree. I guess the the last question that I have, you've mentioned your kids a couple of times. Are they at the age now where you're reliving the movies through them? Have you been able mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, re-enjoy all of this by showing it to them now?
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I ever left them long enough to feel like I'm, I'm getting reintroduced, but but it is the way it is the way that a child watches them. And I was very cognizant um, of how I was going to introduce the Star Wars films to them. And I know that, again, sounds like super lame that I expelled like mental and emotional energy thinking about how I would introduce my kids to Star Wars because, you know, for their dad too, he's he's into Star Wars as well. And it was like, okay, well, we don't we don't want our kids, we don't want it to be like, Oh, what's a good comparison? Like my dad, my dad exposing me to like the Kinks or the Rolling Stones when I was a kid and being like, "Lauren, this is good music," right. And I was like, "What? No, it's not." Like, I want to listen to like, I don't know, Pearl Jam or Nir- Nirvana or whatever. Sure. You know, and it was it was it wasn't until I was like a grown up that I was like, "Oh man, these tones are awesome." Like, why did I why did I rag on Zeppelin back then? You know, I d- I didn't want to like push it on my children and make them think, like, this is this is just something we have to sit through while mom is, like, talking about it. So I kind of waited until their own curiosity was piqued by it. And, of course, like, we benefit, like you said at the top, like, because 2015 was, was when The Force Awakens came out, and my son was five, and then now it's it, The Rise of Skywalker. He's nine, and my, my, my daughter's eight when it comes out. And so it's like, oh, they – they're interested because it's it's out there in the media and all their friends are seeing it and it's you know all the t- toys at target are star wars and so they're interested and so then they want to see it as opposed to me being like here watch this and enjoy it it's like right. it's it's organic for them to be interested and excited about it and then we we go back and we watch it so now like when we sit down for family movie night often it's like well let's let's just watch the empire. Let's just watch it. And like, let's, let's laugh at this part or whatever. And it's, it is, it is kind of magical to be, to be living through them again and seeing, seeing the movie magic all over.
0: Right. Yeah. I, uh, my son is 16 months old, so he's still got a while before I can show him anything and i'll i'll try to take some inspiration from your approach because i i feel like i'm the type of person to sit him down and be like all right here's the complete story of this thing and here's why <laughs> yep. this is so cool and you need to love it or i'll personally be feel attacked if you don't mm-hmm. so i'll i'll try to be inspired by you and let him let him get engaged with it on his own and then i can be like oh you want to know about captain america you've come to the right place
1: <laughs> Yeah, pull up a chair, Sonny, let me tell
0: you. Right, I'll spin around and be like, I've been expecting you, Oliver. (laughs) Well, Yeah,
1: you're Padawan, you're here to learn now.
0: Exactly. Well, Lauren, uh, like I said, it's May the 4th, so I'm going to let you get off to your celebrations. I know that you've got a big Star Wars costume party and lots of Star Wars treats to make for it (laughs) tonight while you guys watch all nine movies in succession until you pass out. Totally. Uh, I'll let you get back to it. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. Uh, I encourage people to uh, look up Star Wars on doorcountypulse.com and read some of the articles Lauren has written on them, especially the, the Force Awakens article I thought was really, really interesting. And if you're a fan who hates The Last Jedi, check out her piece on The Last Jedi, because uh, <laughs> it, it's also quite good uh, in how it examines it. Uh, so, uh, again, Lauren, thank you so much, and I look forward to hey, chatting with you again sure. soon. Yeah, it was
1: a great time. Thanks so much for having me.